Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances, well, they can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now today, today we're going to be talking about generosity, being generous. Now, at Christmas time, I really love it when my family is generous, especially to me. I don't know about you, but there's something fun about giving gifts and getting gifts. But today, today we're not talking about a reason to go spend money to get gifts. Today, we're talking about using your money in a way that can give to others, being generous in our gifting. And what I like is there's actually, when you're generous in your gifting, which I just want to add is not why we do it, but there are tax consequences, tax advantages, I should say, when it comes to charitable gifting. So that's what today's program is about, ways that we can give, things that we can do, creative ideas that you can sit down with your financial advisor and say, hey, I want to make an impact this is what I have for resources. And they might say, okay, well, it's going to start with a $25 donation over here, or it might be a $25,000 or $2 million. It depends upon the resources you have and the gifting that you want to do. Now, I wanted to read a quote that I was able to get from the American Endowment Foundation because they said that organizations receive up to 30% of their annual giftings in December. So while we're busy spending on each other, I just want to put that reminder out there that there are a lot of quality organizations, charities that could really use your help. You know, we think about COVID and we all know how we were affected by it, but they were affected as well. In fact, right now, one of the quotes from the 2023 Lilly School of Philanthropy, I'll say that really quick. It showed that 85% of affluent people donate. And you might say, well, great, they've got it covered. Well, it's good that they're donating because the number of overall households that has been giving has dropped from 66% in the year 2000 down to 50% today. So the number is going down. And if most of the giving that they receive is usually in December, hey, we need you to step up to the plate. Now, that doesn't mean that we give to everyone. In fact, in this article, they were talking about that many times we have to be careful if this unknown organization comes and says, hey, we could really use your help. Because unfortunately, while we're in the spirit of giving and wanting to be generous, now is also the time that there are a lot of scams that go on out there. So I want to just encourage you to be wise. Think about, okay, what are organizations that I enjoy doing business with, or I think that they're actually making an impact in the community and can help those I love, can help individuals. They could be ones that you start looking at. Now, if a new one comes that you've never heard of, that's okay. I learn things every day. There are a lot of new things that come. But we also know that in those cases, Google can be our friend. We can ask for references. We can ask for referrals. We can do our homework. You know, a lot of times when you feel pushed to give, that's when I bristle back and say, nope, because if it's a good idea today, it'll be a good idea tomorrow. It's the same way when I'm meeting with a client and we're getting ready and I've put the financial plan out there. 
I want them to be able to say, you know what, go home, sleep on it, pray on it, think this through, because I know what I'm giving you is a good idea, but it's a good idea today and it will be a good idea tomorrow. So with that being said, I want to talk about some questions when it comes to charitable gifting. But remember, you always want to do your homework in regards to what organization that you're working with. So here are some questions that we can go through together. And the first way you can begin looking at it, and we'll take time to talk about the different vehicles you can use, but is to ask yourself, are you currently involved with any nonprofit organization right now? Are you a volunteer there? Are you a board member? Are you a donor? Because charity, well, it starts at home. You know, I remember when I served on New Yorker Family Research Foundation's board, it was great to be part of that and to see what needs were there. And it was exciting when I saw different people begin to donate into the organization and to be able to put my own money there. But that was a case where I had walked alongside them. I saw what the company stood for, the organization. I saw the impact that they were making in my life, in the lives of the community. And so I felt like that was good soil to put my seed into. Those are the things that you begin to look at. So think about it. Are you donating or volunteering someplace? If it is, it's probably because it's got a spot in your heart that you're like, I like what they're doing. This could be a possibility of where you could begin to do some strategic giving. Second question, do you typically support the same charities every year or do you vary your support from year to year? Now, I remember before what I used to do is I used to do gifting and I would spread the wealth, right? Everybody got a little bit. But over the past few years, I have noticed that I have begun to scale back on the amount of charities, not the amount I'm giving, but the number of charities, that's a better way to say it, that I give to so that I can give more substantially to the two or three that I really believe in. And what I have found, and this is for me, so you answered the question for you, is I have found that there are some that I am on a long-term plan with them. I see the trajectory of where they want to go. I understand the mission they're carrying, so I want to faithfully keep adding. Now, does that mean I don't check on it? Mm -mm. That means every year I'm looking. How far did we get on the goal you said? How many people are donating to it? So there is accountability. But for myself, I found that now I've kind of put my donations together to have more impact, and I'm pretty much staying with the ones that are continually reaching their goals and heading and have a vision for what God has for them. Now, those of you out there might say, but Crystal, there's too many. That's okay. Pick the ones that are close to you. What's important here is that you begin to understand, well, I know, Crystal, you like to do two or three, but I like doing 10 or 15. That's okay. You can still do it that way. Just be aware of your patterns and ask which would be the most effective for those organizations. The next question we want to ask is, how do you decide which charities you support? Now, for me, when I began to think about, I really want to support charities. I want to be a generous giver. You know, when they say, what's Crystal like? I want them to say she's generous with her advice. She's generous with her resources. She's generous with her love. I want to be known that way. But when I begin to say, well, what charity should I support? I begin to look at what's dear to me. Now, you don't have to be around me very long before you know I am extremely patriotic. I am grateful for this country that God gave us. 
I stand when the anthem is being sung. You know, I don't, well, we won't go there, but you get the drift. I'm very patriotic. So it would make sense that when I give, it's going to be in that vein. So when I do Heroes and Horses, where I know they're working with our veterans and they're helping them with a complex PTSD or the PTSD they're experiencing, that gives me such satisfaction to know, okay, this is an alignment with my belief system. So that's why when you begin to look at it like, I don't know where to give it, one of the things I would encourage you is just don't give randomly. Give to places that represent what you want to see more of. If you don't believe in their mission, don't put your money there. I've done that even when I'm buying groceries or buying certain things online and I've read their mission and I'm like, yeah, that's 100% what I don't believe. And so I'll find someplace else to shop because our money can do talking for us and our giving and our generosity can help us be able to uh, enforce the beliefs that we have. So one of the ways is how you decide is you write down what's important. And you know what was nice is as a family, when my kids were younger, we would sit down and say, what's important to you? So we talked about doing something for mental health, for people that are struggling, that were going, have suicidal thoughts. We wanted to make sure because we had had extended family members who had struggled with that. We wanted to make sure we were doing something in that community. So we were able to donate there. As I said, we want to help with the veterans. And then if you've heard my story, which don't worry, we're not going to go there again. But you know that there was a time actually that pushed me into financial planning where things were so hard, where we lived at the food pantry getting the food. So needless to say, food pantries was on our list because they were there when we needed it. And I remember getting food at the food pantry. So this is just a little soapbox moment here. But I remember when I the kids were little and I would go in and the food that had been donated was food that nobody wanted. And so I would encourage you, if you're giving to a food pantry, whether you're dropping off a canned goods, don't give something that's already expired, something that you're glad to get out of the cupboard so that you can get something good in there. I remember the kids looking at the shelves, thinking there's nothing here. They'd rather be hungry. It's like a huge statement. So one of the things that we did, and again, looking back at what was important to us and what made a difference in our lives is when we donate to the food pantry, it's like, oh my word, I wish I could go to this food pantry to go shopping. But again, that all goes back to think of the things in your lives, in your children. And that's an area where you can get the kids involved. You can do it in the kid's name. Every year, and I'm thinking, I know my clients aren't kids, but every year I think of my clients. And then I say, okay, I'm going to make a donation in their name, whether it is to Heroes and Horses, whether it's to the local food pantry, whether it's to One Hope or, or places that will help uh, uh, people so that they have uh, good counseling when it comes to mental health. All right, next question. As far as who else helps you decide what charities to support? Well, I think I already answered that. I talk to my kids, but you know who else I talk to is I talk to my peers and I say, hey. Where do you guys give? I, I remember the time when the kids were getting old enough. You know, that time when you're just buying gift cards. Oh, that's fun, right? You get this little env envelope under the Christmas tree and all it is is a gift card. I mean, the kids love it, but as a parent, yeah, not so fun. So what I've learned is when I sat down with the kids, I said, let's do something fun and let's actually buy gifts. 
So I talked to the kids. I talked with my peers. I talked with local organizations and said, what are things we can do? You know, a great place could be is check with your local church. You know, nine times out of 10, they're going to know a family that looks all put together, but they're not. And they're too proud maybe or too embarrassed to say, I need help. I remember when it was over 25 years ago. So 25 years ago is when I started the business. So we're talking 30 years ago. And I remember needing the church to give me money so I could get socks and underwear for the kids. So we want to look to see where are those people that we can really make an impact in their lives. Next one. Number five, do you give the same amount to charities each year? And upon what does it depend? Now, that's an interesting question, isn't it? You know, you can go the typical route that says, well, you know, we're supposed to give 10%, so I give 10%, not 9.9, but also not 10.1, it's 10%. What is your criteria? You know, every year I try to give more because I keep saying, Lord, I know I can't outgive you. So I'm gonna try this year and we set our goals. So at in December, We'll be checking, George and I will be sitting down and we check to see where are we. And we look to see what are we short? Maybe we were short because what we do is we set it up where automatically every month a certain amount goes to our favorite charities. And then at the end of the year, though, we know that we'll leave a balance because we don't know if there's something that's come up that maybe we want to secretly bless a family. (laughs) You know, there was a time when I was little And my mom and dad, my dad was trying out to be a missionary. There was, uh, I think it was I Am or YWAM, but it was an organization. And I remember we would all get dressed up and dad would go preach at the churches and then they would give an offering and that's what we got. And I remember the one time coming home, I was so hungry. They did not have good food at the church and they didn't have good food at home. And so we were really in a hard time. I don't know what was going on. I just remember that. And I remember pulling down, and we were living in Richfield, Connecticut at that time. So we had to come down this long hill and turn. And as we're driving down the hill, which is our driveway, I'm looking, and there's things on the porch. Like like there's bags on the porch. And I'm like, there's bags on the porch? Well, I don't remember what age I was, six, seven years old. I just remember as soon as Dad stopped the car, I was out, and I was running to the porch. And someone while we were gone, had put bags of groceries and they had cookies and they had cereal that mom would never buy. They had all this delightful food. And I say that because, you know, what an impact that we can make on people. And that's why at the end of every year, there's this little lump sum of money that George and I keep left. And we say, okay, last year it was my niece. She wanted to go on a mission trip. And she was panicking. She was at the end of raising her funds. And to be able to say, sure, we can pay for that because we set that aside. Next year, so once we've looked at this year, the next year what we do is we say, okay, would I be, what would I be willing to give up next year? Is it coffee? And how much can I have each month? Okay, well then instead of having a cup of coffee every day, I'm just going to have either my cup of coffee through my Keurig or I'm going to cut down the number of coffees. Now, just be aware, if you set it up and say, okay, I'm going to give based upon what I'm going to do, you, you kind of got to do it so that the budget works. But these are things that right now, Georgia and I are already sitting down. Now, there are some years when it's the giving is the same. 
We're not increasing it. We're like, you know what? We're just going to hold ground right now. This is what best that we can do. And then there are some years that we feel quick in that, you know what? I'm going to step out in faith. And if nothing happens, I'm still going to find a way to give this amount. So I would encourage you when you're looking at your gifting and you're saying, you know, these are things I want to do. Sit down. I would encourage you both have to be in unity, right? So if you have a spouse or partner and you're saying, okay, we want to give and you want to give a whole bunch and they don't, you've got to be in agreement with each other because then that causes friction. And that's not really what it's about, right? Doesn't there a scripture somewhere that says if we, we should be giving from a cheerful heart, not from an angry, frustrated, or I'm going to try to earn my way into heaven like we really could? So these are things that I would encourage you to think about. Well, before we cover the remaining five, I want to take a quick 60-second break, and then we'll be back with more Crystal Clear Finances. All I want for Christmas are my two front teeth and a financial plan that works. This is Crystal Langdon with today's Financial Gem. Financial plans are not one and done. They evolve over time to keep in tune with your changing goals. Although they continue to point in the right direction, consideration for adjustments should be given as options and new improved investment tools become available. Make sure your financial plan is growing with you and is something that you want on your Christmas list. Call 518-433-7181 today and let's schedule that financial appointment for you. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. And if I forget over the next few weeks to say this, let me say it now. Merry Christmas. I am so thankful for this time of year where we finally take a pause, take a beat and say, you know what? I'm grateful for the things that are in my life. I've really been trying to do that on my way to work every morning. Lord, I thank you that I have this beautiful office that I come to. I thank you for my team. And I just begin this whole grateful tirade. Is that the right way to say it? But it's wonderful because it puts you in the proper perspective to realize that everybody who walks in the door, everyone who comes into your path is been sent there and there's a divine appointment there that you can make a difference. And today, today what we're talking about is giving because yes, we're used to running out and getting the gifts or in my case, go online and order the gifts many times. But either way, we learn to be generous with one another. And sometimes the very things we believe in, the organizations that are trying to make impact, we forget about them. And if 30% of their giving of what they need to get in comes just in the month of December, I want to be one of those that I can say, okay, make sure that I give this month. Now, we're going over the top 10, or it doesn't have to be the top 10, but going over 10 questions to begin asking yourself when it comes to charitable gifting. And I'm just going to quick read the first five, and then we're going to finish up with the other five. So the first one was, are you currently involved in any nonprofit organizations? Are you there as a donor, a volunteer, or a board member? That would give you a good indication of, hmm, maybe I should start here. Second one is, do you typically support the same charities every year, or do you vary your support? There is no right or wrong there. It's just understanding what your style is. Third, how do you decide which charities to support? And this is where we began talking about your personal values and convictions. And the next question, which says, who else helps you decide what charities to support? 
I would also find out with your family, with your partner, with your spouse, who, whoever, and find out, well, what's important to you so that you're giving to the right organizations. And then the last one that we covered before the break was, do you give the same amount each year? And if so, what does it depend on? And to me, that's a conversation where you're going to look at the budget. And, you know, Five was on the radio last week, and he did such a great job. And there was one section that he talked about the fact how Jenna, he and Jenna, sit down, and they go over and they say, this is what we planned for the year. Hey, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. Right? So we look through it, and then they're able to plan for the next year. So I wonder where he got the idea from. But anyways... Uh, every December when George and I are sitting down, that's what we're doing is we're planning what's going to happen for next year and how is our giving going to reflect. And I like to set my giving before I see what the income is going to be. I want to know this is what I have set my intent to do. Now, with that being said, and then we'll go on the remaining, don't go crazy. You know, oh, I'm going to have great faith, so I'm going to give away X amount of dollars this year. Okay. One of the things, like, let's be realistic, you know, make sure that you've got some counsel in that, that you're doing it properly. Because we don't want to give away all of our seed because we need the seed that we've been given so that it can grow so we can actually give more. So that's that balance of I'm going to give some now to meet immediate needs, some I'm going to hold on and invest so that when I have the return, a potential return on the investments, I can give a portion of those proceeds and now I'll have even more to give. So you need that balance there. All right, so let's go on to number six, which is what donations have you made that have provided the greatest satisfaction or regret? Okay. So just between you and me, the one that gave the most regret for me was when I didn't do my homework and I was emotionally moved to donate and then realized, okay, this is not, this is not good. I should not have given money here, but because I felt the pressure of it, because I said, well, I got to find some place to give my money, I allowed my emotions to push me into something. And that's why at the beginning of the program, I said, hey, listen, we want to give, but not when all of a sudden it's some organization you've never heard of and you don't have time to research it properly. That was my biggest regret. My biggest satisfaction, uh, Heroes and Horses and New York Family Research Foundation, both of those, more one's more governmental, keeping us up to date with what's going on in the, the governmental arena, and the other one, helping our vets. And when I write those checks, they're not like, oh my gosh, it is such a joy. And that's what you want to look for. Which were the ones when you did the, wrote the check, gave you the most joy. And listen, it's not the amount, it's the ability to give that you were, that we're looking at. Okay. Number seven, would you prefer to give anonymously or receive recognition? Now, the reason why I think this question, at least to me, is so important is because a lot of times if you start being a giver and you begin to continue giving to an organization, they keep asking like forever, like all the time. And it's like, yo, let's just pump the brakes. I'm trying to give you money, but I'm not going to give you the bread that I got to feed my babies with. All right, a little dramatic there, but you get the idea. When you're giving anonymously, whether it's through your donor advised fund, whether it's through a private foundation, which are things that we'll probably talk about next week, what's nice about it is that you have the freedom and you don't have to worry that once I've made the gift, 
Now I'm on the email list and they're going to badger me forever. You want to be able to give because of the compulsion you feel, not from the pressure from them. So that's good to kind of find out. The other reason why it's good is because when you look at this and you say, oh, Crystal, I want people to understand that I give. Okay, so that might not really be about the giving. And that's so important to notice. You know, when they talk about the five love languages, right? You know, some is quality time, gift giving, words of affirmation. Oh, I can't remember what the other ones. Gift giving, well, you get the idea. The five love languages. If gift giving is your love language, then that means what it's doing is it's refueling you. And that's for sometimes why you give. And so you need to be careful on that, that you're not stepping in to give because, oh, I'm helping them. Are you helping them or are you helping you? I know, that was like mean. Are you helping them or are you helping you? That was nicer. But it's the same premise here because sometimes we can put ourselves in a hard position that the family suffers through because of your need to have to give. So balance that and understand, okay, what is the right amount and how is the proper way to do it? All right, we'll move on so I don't step on any more toes. All right, what type of assets have you used when you've donated in the past? Cash, checks, appreciated stock, or other non-cash assets? Now, this is fun. When you begin to understand that there are ways to give besides writing a check or giving cash. I mean, you have situations where people say, okay, I've got this appreciated stock. Okay, so what does that mean? It means, hey, I bought it for $25 like 20 years ago, and now it's worth $75 for a share. But the problem is, is that if I cash it in, now I got to pay the tax on between 25 and 75. So that $50 a share is now taxable to me. But if I don't touch it, because it's in a taxable account, I, I don't touch it, I don't sell it, Whew. well, then I don't have to pay the taxes on it. What if, in working together, you were able to say, well, there's a church or an organization, nonprofit, that you say, I would like to give my stock to. I've had many people call up because we help work with organizations and say, Crystal, I want to give this stock to this organization over here. So we set up a brokerage account in that company's name, that entity's name, and we say, okay, you're going to donate it in there. Well, they immediately get the full tax credit on this, and now the organization can say, huh, well, thank you very much for that Apple stock. I'm going to hold on to it. Or they're going to say, no, we need the money desperately. We're going to sell it now, and we're going to be able to use the money. So there are ways, whether it's ownership of a business can be donated. It can be real estate that can be donated. And of course, we've heard how people donate cars, but their stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. We have a, one of our clients every year, every year like clockwork. He's like, these are the three organizations I want you to give. Please pull X amount of shares out of my account and send the same amount to each one. So it's really cool to watch that happening. And then, of course, every year we say, yep, it's grown. And so, well, I shouldn't say that for compliance purposes. It's done what we hoped it would do. And then they can give some more. So think about not just what cash you have on, but there are other ways to give. And then as I'm looking at the clock, realizing I better speed this up, we're almost there. Number nine, do you have any charitable vehicles in place, such as a private foundation or a donor-advised fund? 
That's what we're going to talk about next week. I want to talk about how donor-advised funds work because a lot of times people think you have to be multimillionaires. Au contraire, you do not. You can begin to set something up and then teach your children how to give. It's a great concept. We'll cover it next week. And then the last one, the last one is, do you want to donate during your lifetime? Do you want to donate at death or many, many years after your death? That's a huge question because depending upon your answer is the type of vehicle we can use. If you want something that's right away, you know, as soon as I pass away, they get that. Well, we can use life insurance. We can use different types of trust. But if you say, oh, no, I want it to go on for generations. Well, then we use those type of tools to help the different trusts, the, the private foundations, the charitable remainders. There's a lot that we can do. Well, we made it. We went through all 10 questions that we can ask ourselves when it comes to giving. And I want to encourage you. I know this type of year, it gets hectic. It gets crazy. And we got to find that gift that so-and-so wants, even though we never see them, but once a year. But I would encourage you in the midst of all this, remember why we have the Christmas season. And remember the importance of giving and being a generous person to be known as a generous person. And I want to encourage you to give the office a call at 518-433-7181. Schedule a free initial consultation. Then join me again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through AlphaStar Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and AlphaStar are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.